Okay, sounds good. Oh, yeah, we got oh, it. We, we can always do that. <laughs> that's, that's easy. <laughs> yep. Good morning, Pineville Bible Church and friends. It's uh, good to uh, join together and preaching to an audience of like three or four or five here this morning, uh, but hopefully a lot more out there. Yes. But uh, so, Linda, uh, we've uh, come through the self-quarantine. It's like we're over at Yay. day 17, right? Are we Yay. feeling good? Oh, we're feeling good. And All right, good we're morning. feeling good. Now, this is going out to the Israel team, especially with the good morning. Here you go. Good morning. Because <laughs> we had to do that every morning. Oh, yes. We had to, yes. you know, true. like go through this huge dining room. Everywhere we were at with our Israel team, with all the people that had come to see Israel and be on tour. And so to call across the dining room, the vast dining room, good morning. So this is good morning, Pinedale Bible Church, but we are feeling awesome. Yeah, and our team is doing good. Um, There's no one on our team who got the um, virus, so that's good. And I think um, there's a few people in our church that are sick, but it's not with a uh, coronavirus. Instead, it's just been some serious illnesses, and they're all getting um, well. So we're very thankful of that. Um, the nice thing about being out of this self-quarantine, and we got to see our granddaughter Yay. and our our daughter and son-in-law. So that was good. We, matter of fact, we're making the most of it. The last two days, we've gotten together yes. with them. So that's been fun. That was wonderful. And we got to FaceTime our son and daughter-in-law and grandson up in Alaska. Yeah. So Our son's 30th birthday, yes, right? Jeremiah's 30th 30, birthday. Happy birthday, Jeremiah, again. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, and thank you for everybody's cheerful greetings and blessings and, and yeah. especially prayers. And I know that we're praying for one another and we're trying to keep each other apprised of what we need. And we right. do want to hear and need to hear how we can pray for each other and, and yep. to keep reaching out to one another and to make calls and text each other and send yeah. fun things or, you know, encouraging scripture. We've got a guy, a friend of ours from 35 years ago, we went to church together and um, shout out to Mark Gilman. Hey, you are the best with humor. Humor yeah. is very important in these times. And Mark Gilman, he just keeps us all just laughing yes. our heads off. With humor is humor. way important. It is. Yeah, so. I couldn't figure out how to get this one little thing from Facebook um, onto our um, screen here for today. But, uh, yeah, there's there's some really good humorous things. But I think we're kind of stalling until Abe says, man, this is working good. And <laughs> we're probably online right now. But, okay, we're good. So we're going to. Um, thank you, Linda, yeah, for being up you. here. Love you. And, Love you, too. And, uh, thank you, All right. So it, I'm glad you're joining joining us this morning. I just uh, Governor Gordon's extended uh, this no public gathering thing through um, April 17th. So so Easter's looking pretty iffy. We'll just say that. Uh, but we'll keep you informed on what, what we're going to do. We need to keep praying for our leaders. And they've asked for a day of prayer today um, for... Um, this uh, stopping the spread of the coronavirus. So we're going to do that in just a second. I wanted to mention that Lauren um, Hansen is working on our new website. Uh, so our old we- website's still up and working, 
But uh, hopefully by next Sunday, we'll have a new website that will have um, new capabilities. One of those is you can uh, just um, uh, give your donations online through it. Another is we can have the videos on there, the simulcast live stream on it. So we're looking forward to getting that. And um, in the meantime, if you want to help out with the church, uh, give it a, don- a donation is uh, P.O. Box 1063. Just mail it in and appreciate those who are doing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a ladies' retreat coming up. I'll mention that at the end of the ser- sermon. And um, so we're going to go ahead right now and have a word of prayer and look to the Lord. And uh, let's pray for our country specifically right now. So if you're at home, just join us in prayer, please. And uh, let's talk to the Lord. Dear Lord, we're thankful for your goodness. We're thank, thankful for your being in control of all things, Lord. The good and the bad, Lord, you are over everything. So, Lord, we bring our request to you concerning this coronavirus that is spreading through our nation. Lord, we just had our first case um, uh, here in Wyoming, um, in Pinedale, Wyoming, uh, yesterday. We pray for the person that is that has it, and we pray for a check to its spread here, as well as in our whole country. Lord, uh, New York has been hit really hard, and we just pray that this virus would stop spreading, that you would comfort those who have it, that you would help them to turn to you, Lord, that there would be a great revival in our country right now as people cry out to you. We recognize our need, Lord. Lord, we recognize that we need you, not just uh, for help from this virus um, and not getting sick or getting over the virus, whatever the case may be. But Lord, also that we need you. We've been we've been sinning. Um, We need salvation. We need your forgiveness. And Lord, I ask that that millions would turn to you in America right now and across the world, uh, that we would come to know you and uh, follow you, Lord. We pray for wisdom for our leaders, for President Trump, uh, the Houses of Congress, um, our governor, Lord. We just pray for wisdom and what to do, what's the wisest things to do to <clears throat> control the spread of this, protect our, our nation, especially our elderly and those who are weak, Lord. We, we pray for your protection. Lord, I ask this morning that as we get into your word, your word would be powerful, uh, to each of us, that your <clears throat> your word would um, speak um, deep into the recesses of our hearts and minds, that we would be open to your word, that we would have eyes that would see and ears that would hear, Lord, and that we would personally apply what is what is spoken. Lord, there's a lot of fear. We ask that you would calm the fear. There's loneliness. There's isolation. And people missing their normal re- Routines, and we ask that you would give peace, Lord, bring peace, and use this passage this morning that we look at, Lord, to bring peace. And we ask this in in Jesus' name, Amen. So, um, isolation and loneliness. You know, loneliness. Um, and <clears throat> there, it said in a survey that I read that was taken in January of 2020 that 60% of Americans are lonely. Three. Three in five Americans are lonely. Now, this was before um, this um, isolation, self-isolation. And 
social distancing that we have going on today. So I understand a little bit how this feels. In day 13 and day 14, I was going bonkers, and I was just kind of stressed out with this, you know, with all the don'ts. You can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. And and then also, you know, just that anxiety of not being able to do a normal routine in life. And and uh, so it kind of wore me down by day 13 and 14 of the self-isolation that I was in. Um, but praise God, I married Delinda because um, though I dealt with isolation, I never dealt with loneliness. Uh, and besides, Linda's very entertaining. And uh, so... Um, I seldom have been lonely in my life, which is, you know, I'm very thankful for. But this combination, excuse me, of loneliness, isolation, and fear can be soul-destroying. It can wreak havoc on our souls. So this morning, I want to deal with this. I want to address these issues by looking at Jesus' upper room discourse um, when he was preparing to leave his disciples. You know, we were at the location of where um, some said was the upper room discourse. Here we are. If you can um, uh, see it, and Abe, Abe has climbed up on the side of the wall to, to deal with the camera for these things. And uh, But here we are. We're walking to the upper room. Now, this is where they said that was the location of the upper room. In this section of uh, Jerusalem, and so there, there's Tom Rinker walking ahead of me, going towards the upper room. And then, then we got into the, you know, the supposed upper room. And now the supposed upper room was built after Jesus' day, so it really wasn't the upper room, I don't think, probably not. Um, but it was in this area. And what impressed me is. In this replica of how big it was. Now, I'm not sure the upper room was exactly this big. Um, but this was the area of this upper room. And um, there were some interesting things that we were told from our guide about that. But it's in this part of Jerusalem that actually existed. Um, Jesus actually met there. And when we think of the upper room, what do we think of? Well, probably what we think of is... Um, the Last Supper, right? Um, the Last Supper. And, and so we have these visions of the famous painting of maybe what it looked like. And, and then maybe some of us think of Jesus' foot washing, that he washed the disciples' feet. And, and that's very important, important in some denominations that they actually wash people's feet before communion. So... So those are the things that we think of in the upper room. But there's something that we don't usually think of. And it it was this upper room discourse that Jesus gave. He gave a teaching that lasted chapters 14 and 15 and 16 in in the book of John. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab those at home. And maybe you forgot to bring your Bible to to have it with you as you listen to this and watch this. But get your Bibles right now. And open up to John 14. And, um, and, and so this discourse was three chapters long. Ended with Jesus' high priestly prayer in chapter 17. So there's four chapters of John dedicated to what Jesus taught 
and spoke of in this time of the upper room on the night that he was betrayed. Um, this is how it started um, before his betrayal. Jesus giving his disciples some last minute instructions. And so we're going to look this morning at three points um, in this discourse uh, before Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, number one, Jesus left to prepare a place for us. Jesus left to prepare a place for us. Number two, Jesus overcome or overcame the world. Jesus overcame the world. And number three, we can worship anywhere. So those are three points. And these all three of these points are going to be dealing with this issue of, of isolation and loneliness. So let's um, open up John chapter 14. And actually, we're going to start at John 13, 33. And looking at Jesus left to prepare a place for us. So in chapter 33, verse, um, chapter 13, verse 33, it says, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now also I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Now, so Jesus said he's going to leave, and this disturbed the disciples. They have been following Jesus for three years, and they have seen Jesus do many miracles. They, they have believed and trusted in Jesus, and now he says he's going to leave them. And so... They're troubled, and, and Peter says, Lord, where, you're go- where are you going in verse 36? And Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And so they're all concerned, and rightly so, and disturbed. And, and so Jesus, in chapter 14, verse 1, says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And so, we see that Jesus says, let not your hearts be being troubled. This is um, a present imperative. This is a command. Um, and and because it's in present tense, it means con- constantly, uh, constantly. Don't let your hearts be troubled or be being troubled. Um, don't let your heart. You see, our feelings and our emotions will want to be troubled and disturbed at times. I mean, and and today there's so many things that will take our hearts, our, our feelings and emotions in one direction, a very troubled direction. Troubled in the Greek here means to agitate, uh, to, to be distressed or anxious. So in the case of Jesus leaving, Jesus is saying there's no need to be troubled or distressed because of this truth that he would now share. And I think um, this is important for us to apply in our lives. So we see uh, his first thing in talking about, let not your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in God. Believe also in me. And so it takes trust. This word belief is can be translated trust or faith. So trust, belief, faith. It takes trust, belief, and faith not to be distressed. 
not to be troubled today. You are believing. Jesus says you are believing. Um, that's a fact. You know, the disciples were believing in God, but also be trusting in me. Be trusting in me, Jesus. This is, a, again, a present imperative. And be trusting in Jesus. Are we trusting in Jesus today, putting our faith and our trust in him? Trust in believing what Jesus says. You know, there's a lot of words that are being said about today and how we are to uh, have social space and that's good stuff and isolating and and that can be helpful and 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 different ways that we can protect ourselves and we're all focused on this physical this this fear of getting um this this virus but something else is happening and something that is ruining our souls Fear is a soul destroyer. Isolation and loneliness can destroy our souls. And, and Jesus has many words to say about this. Last week I preached on, on Psalm 91 that dealt with the plague in, um, back in probably in Moses' day. And, and this confidence of God being our deliverer. Do, you, do we believe that, that God will take care of us through this? That we place our trust in God and... And yes, we do the wise stuff, but we place our trust in God and what Jesus says in how not to be distressed. Be believing in God. Believe also in me. Jesus is, is, has left now. He says here, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus left to prepare a place for us in the Father's mansions. He is going there to get it ready. There will be a place for us there in heaven. Us referring to those of us who have trusted Jesus to be our Savior from our sins. For everyone who has trusted Jesus, Jesus is preparing a home for us in heaven. And you know what? It's going to be just right. Jesus made us, he knows us, and he knows what our heart's desires are, and he built us with different interests and all, and, and these godly desires that he's put in our hearts, he has a, uh, a mansion, a home for us in heaven. So our destiny is great as Christians. We need to remind ourselves of that. We need not to be terrified of death, um, because... Death is actually a gateway to our home, our eternal home with the Lord Jesus Christ. So in verse 3, it says, okay, so he's going to prepare a place for us. And and in verse 3, it says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So if or since he goes to prepare our place, he will come back. And receive us. So we will then forever be with Christ. So you see this. This separation from Christ. Is temporary. This is a temporary separation. And and I know that some just feel like. If I could just see Christ. If he was just sit with me. Um, as I. You know my worries would, would be gone. If he could just sit with me when I'm sick. Or when I'm 
and, you know, in threat of losing loved ones. If he could just be here and I could touch him, I would have this peace. Well, Jesus goes on and talks about who's going to take his place on earth and that essentially we have something better than Jesus sitting by our side. Um, and I know it's hard to imagine that, but this is what Jesus taught. And so will you believe it? Will you put your trust, your trust in this? Um, and so Jesus says that he's going to give us a helper. In verse 16, we're going to skip down to verse 16 here in John 14, 16. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so um, Jesus said he's asking the father to send a helper. This word helper in the Greek is paracle, uh, paraclete um, or paraclete. Now, this literally means one who comes alongside. And so our different translations translate this different ways. And so um, in the ESV, it says our helper. Um, in other versions, it talks about our comforter. In another version, it talks about our counselor. And so uh, the Holy Spirit, these are different terms uh, indicating what the Holy Spirit would do, that he would come alongside us, actually come in us, and he would help us, he would comfort us, and um, he would counsel and give direction to us. So it goes on here. Um, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit will never leave us. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into our life. Now, I know there's, there's different churches that doesn't really teach the exact thing as this. But in Scripture, it says um, in Ephesians chapter 1, the Holy Spirit, when we believe, he comes in and seals us. He come, comes in and seals us until the day we're in heaven. He will never leave us. And so it says the, Holy, the helper who will be with us forever, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit is going to be, bring truth into our lives. It says whom the world cannot receive. In other words, the world, unbelievers, don't have the Holy Spirit. This is a gift that believers, that we believers have. We have the Holy Spirit who indwells us permanently. And it says that he's going to bring truth. And it says the world can't receive him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit inside dwelling in our hearts. A very significant truth. And because of this, um, we are not orphans. It says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon the church and it brought in a new era um, in um, history. And that is the Holy Spirit who would temporarily come in different situations on different people uh, to work. He now comes into each of us believers and he will always be with us. And and so he is in our hearts teaching us and reminding us of God's words. That's what um, verses 25 through 27 bring out. It says, these things I have spoken to you while, while I am still with you. But the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to take the words of Jesus that we have read, that we have memorized, and he will remind us of these words in our time of need. Now, that's why it's really important to be in God's word, because then we have given the Holy Spirit the, the tool to, to bring to, remind, to remembrance God's word at very appropriate times. So, because of the time we're in, this is why I have asked each of us to memorize Isaiah 41.10. What's that say? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so when you're fearful, the Holy Spirit can bring to mind this verse that God is with us. And he will strengthen us and he will help us. And then I asked everyone to memorize. I, I gave the wrong reference last week and I'm sorry about that. I, I said 2 Timothy 1, 7, which actually says that God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of love, love, power, and of discipline. But the verse I quoted um, was actually uh, then 1 John four eighteen, And it says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. As we recognize God's perfect love for us, we, do, we will not be fearful of these things. And so we, we memorize scripture and get it in our hearts. Then I ask us to memorize Psalm 46. The Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We will not be afraid that the, though the earth sinks away, though the, though the mountains are cast into the heart of the sea. That's as far as I've gotten, two verses. But I'm working on it, and I hope you're working on it too. But we incorporate these scriptures into our mind, and then as fear rises up, the Holy Spirit can take that verse and remind us of that. And it's like, oh, yes, Lord. So please, be in the Word right now. Be memorizing these scriptures. God, God's Holy Spirit will take it and use it to comfort and to counsel us. He is the comforter, the counselor. He will help us. We need this help today. Um, so please avail yourself of God's word. And so here in verse 27, okay, the Holy Spirit coming, and it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, Neither let them be afraid. So let's kind of break this verse down. Don't let your heart be anxious or distressed. The word troubled again. The same word as we saw in verse 1. Um, don't focus on the trouble, but focus on God's truth. And it says, it goes on and says, Peace I leave with you, that God's bringing his peace... Um, my peace, his peace in the Holy Spirit, he's giving to us, not as the world gives, does he give to us. And so how does the world give? Well, the world gives, um, you know, it's kind of like an Indian giver or it'll give and then take it back. But or what the world gives is they the world promises that this is the great fulfillment. And then you go, well, no, it wasn't. It, it wore out after two weeks. Um, so. God's uh, spirit doesn't give like the world. Um, so here Jesus is giving his peace. 
Jesus and the Holy Spirit giving us peace. Yes, peace in chaos and trouble. And so not being anxious or distressed, not being afraid, um, because this fear, and today would be maybe fear of being alone in a troubled and an antagonistic world, fear not. Um, God's giving us peace in the Holy Spirit. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it go there. Um, be Spend more time in the Word and in godly thoughts than watching the troubling news on TV now, or on the Internet. Now, it's, it's good to keep appraised of what's going on, but if you have a steady diet of that and not of the Word, perhaps trouble will enter your soul and peace will leave your soul. So, now I want to skip down to chapter 16 and verse 33 and, and come to my second point. Jesus over, overcame the world and its tribulations. Jesus overcame the world and its tribulations. So Jesus is speaking this whole time. He gets into um, that Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and we bear fruit by just staying in the vine. And talks about the antagonism that we're going to have in the world um, because the world doesn't know God. But we are, um, you know, we're followers of Christ and they're going to give us uh, persecutions because uh, not because of us necessarily, but because Christ in us. And so it comes back to 16, talks about the Holy Spirit more. And at the end of this whole discourse, there's a key verse, 1633. And this is what it says. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So... Here at the end of this discourse, Jesus talks more about the Holy Spirit. He gives a summary, summarizes what he's been talking about. He talks about more about the Holy Spirit's help. Jesus closes much the same way he opened, summarizing everything here, what he has talked about. These things, when he says these things, um, in verse 33, I have said these things to you. These things refer to what he just said about his departure, not being troubled, the Holy Spirit coming, his peace, um, the vine and the branches abiding in Christ. These are spoken to bring peace, ongoing peace. Now, the word for peace here in the Greek is irene. Uh, the word um, in uh, the Hebrew is shalom. And, and we know that shalom means a sense of well-being. And I think that all of us right now want this sense of well-being. Uh, we, our lives have been disrupted. We don't have a sense of well-being in our flesh, but God can bring this, this peace, this sense of well-being into our lives. And so he says um, that he is bringing peace and peace is found in him because it says in the world you will have tribulation. So this word tribulation is different than the word troubled of, of the previous um, verses that we looked at. This word tribulation means affliction, anguish, pressure, distress. And yeah, it can mean troubled too, but it is a different word than the word meaning trouble before. So what's your distress or affliction today? What, what are you afflicted? What, what is your distress? I just want you to think of that. What are, what are you troubled with? Well, 
Each of us has our own challenges. You know, in Matthew 6, 34, it says, um, uh, don't be anxious about anything. It says, um, each day um, has enough trouble or enough cares of its own. Take one day at a time, in other words. So each day we have troubles or challenges or cares that God will enable us to deal with one day at a time. We're not meant to deal with next week's worries. You know, well, how bad is the corona uh, outbreak going to be? You know, how, how bad is this going to be? That's not for us to be concerned about or focused on. Our focus is to be on Jesus. To focus on Him and the responsibilities He's given us each day. Now, a lot of us are just trying to adjust to that and go, how do, what's my new life to look like here for the next several months? You know, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What are my responsibilities? And it's hard to get into a new routine. But people are adopting new routines. And a major part of that routine, hopefully, is getting into God's Word, pouring our heart, our heart's cries out to the Lord, casting our cares on the Lord, it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The peace of God. Again, peace. Where's peace come from? Peace comes from God. Peace comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives peace. Um, focus on that in this troubled day. A peaceful person is going to shine as a light to those who are even socially distanced from them. So, in the world, troubles. And then there's a key word here. In the world, you will have tribulation. It's guaranteed. Whether it be uh, the coronavirus or other troubles, death, um, pressures, um, troubles that come into our life, lost jobs... Um, you will have troubles, and sometimes troubles for being a Christian, specifically. Then there's a key word here, but. Yeah, there's troubles, but. And this is a very strong adversative. It's, um, in the Greek, it's Allah, Allahs. And so, um, uh, but, Allah, not the Allah of the false god that Muslims worship. It's a different Allah. Uh, but, but. A strong change, okay, world trouble, but take courage, take heart. I have overcome the world. So this word, take heart, um, number one, it's again a present present imperative. And it it means to um, be of good comfort or good courage or... Or being of good cheer. Oh, I like that. Being of good cheer. So, be being of good cheer. In the world troubles, but be being of good cheer. Instead of being overwhelmed by difficulties, good cheer. We're commanded to to be of good cheer. That's found in the Holy Spirit. God has given us the ability... Because the Spirit dwells in us to be of good cheer, to be of good courage. Isn't that what we need today is courage? Or, remember the word also can mean good comfort. 
So these are things the Holy Spirit brings. Instead of trouble and persecution and affliction and focusing on those, focus on, hey, but the Lord gives, the Lord's Holy Spirit in us gives us good comfort, good cheer, good courage. And what's something else in this passage that's interesting? It says, but take courage. I, and this word is emphasized, I myself, Jesus focusing, I myself have overcome the world. Why can we be of good courage? Because Jesus has overcome the world. This, um, this overcome means to conquer or to prevail. Jesus has prevailed over the world. Jesus has conquered um, the world and uh, the world system. It's a perfect, um, it's perfect um, tense, meaning it's a completed action with ongoing results. So when did Jesus conquer the world? When he died on the cross to pay for our sins. He conquered sin and death when he died and rose from the grave. And so Jesus has overcome. Jesus has prevailed over the world and the evil it brings. Jesus has conquered the world and the evil it brings. So, there's trouble in the world. Jesus has overcome it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And, and this passage is um, talking about uh, resurrection. It's a resurrection passage. I've preached it um, on Easter um, many times. And it says, in ver- verse 57... We'll start with 56. It says, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is there because Christ rose and conquering sin and death. So, okay, there's things that can be taken away from us today and have been. Our our meeting together can be, you know, in... And a church family can be taken away for a period of time. We may have to isolate ourselves for a period of time. But no one can take away the Holy Spirit and the fellowship that the Holy Spirit brings with the, with the Father and with Jesus. We are not alone. Now there's something that came as a picture to me of this on our Israel trip. And this is our last just very brief point that I want to bring out. You, you see, since the Holy Spirit is now in us, since we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, it talks about all who are in Christ being baptized by the Spirit. All true Christians have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never leave us. He's sealing us until the day of redemption. Because of this, now we can worship anywhere. Now we can worship anywhere. John 4 and verses 20 through 24. um, Jesus um, was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And um, we're not going to get into this whole passage because I just want to focus on verses 20 through 24 just very briefly. Uh, The the woman at the well had many questions of Jesus when he uh, started talking to her. And, and one of her questions was this. Our fathers worshipped on this mount, mount, Mount Gerizim. But you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship, Mount Moriah. So she was saying, okay, so we worship here. And they worship uh, 
uh, this calf idol, false god. And then he said, but she said, but you worship there in Jerusalem. And Jesus said to her in verse 21, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will, will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. See, they were worshiping a false god, not the true god. Then Jesus says, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. So the Old Testament, the true God. Um, And then it, it goes on and says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So, you know, when I was in Israel, and uh, we might have a couple pictures here. Uh, when I was in Israel, we went to the Wailing Wall. And at the Wailing Wall, um, we were asked by our guide to write out a little prayer and go and stick it in the crack of the wall like, like um, the Jewish people do. So... Um, here, if you if you would uh, look real closely, you'll see Travis Thompson there at the Wailing Wall. I prayed for about one minute and prayed, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And uh, but Travis stayed and prayed a little longer. And so here we are at the Wailing Wall, and and the Jews that this Wailing Wall, this wall, is um, a wall of the outer court of the temple complex. It's not even the the actual wall of the temple, but it's what remains. It's the only thing that remains um, the, from Jesus' day uh, from the temple. And so then we got to go in the temple grounds. And so here people, the Jews, are praying at the wailing wall. And um, then we got to go on the temple grounds. Well, the Muslims uh, built a monument called the Dome of the Rock right where the temple uh, was built and this this but there's this huge courtyard um, where the temple used to be but the temple isn't there anymore and and instead there's there's this idolatrous monument right where the temple was um, very hateful what they did back then um, with the Muslims but and God can save a Muslim just like he can save me we're all in the same boat we're all sinners we need Christ a matter of fact uh, we heard stories of Palestinians and Muslims who have come to know the Lord there, um, perhaps even be more Christians amongst the Arab community than amongst the Jewish community there. So, so anyway, but the point being, there's no temple anymore. There's no temple anymore. Um, and, and that got destroyed in 70 AD. And, and when we were in Jerusalem, everything's about the temple. Everyone's concerned about the temple. But they missed that the Messiah came. And, and now we don't need the temple there. The temple is different. And Jesus in, in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians um, in talking about um, that our bodies are the temple of God. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. And then he talks in the plural that you are the temple of God, referring to the church. The church now. Now, we're not talking the building. We're not talking this building, although there are five of us in this building right now. Six of us, I guess. Seven with our security man. And thank you, Tim, uh, for doing that. But uh, there's seven of us here. 
Um, and we're part of the temple of God, but not because we're in this building. Everyone who's watching this, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are part of the temple of God. And so you can worship at home. We can worship. Now, I've got to be really careful on this because some have really run with this. Some who don't like going to church, they'll say, well, see, I can worship God just as easily out in creation. Well, there's some truth to that, and that's what I'm bringing out now, that if the Holy Spirit's in you, you can worship anywhere. You, hopefully this morning you're worshiping as a family or as an individual as you're watching this. But there's also a special part of the body of Christ that we bring spiritual gifts. And as a family, you have a few spiritual gifts, but not all the spiritual gifts are not as many, and that's why we need to come together as a body. And it will be a great celebration when we do, whenever that is, um, when we're allowed to do that again. But, um, but you can worship. We can worship. We don't have to go to the temple ground to worship. That temple's removed. Um, we have the Lord Jesus Christ who sent us the Holy Spirit, who helps us be able to worship God anytime, anywhere. Praise God for that. And he will never leave us. And so here we are in this very unusual time in history where most all churches have closed down because of the coronavirus. Um, But we can still worship. We can still worship. We get into God's word. We can um, listen to to Christ's uh, words being taught like this morning. We can avail ourselves of this. Um, so, so don't, uh, today, just a reminder, don't let your heart be troubled. We have the Holy Spirit. Be believing in what Jesus said. Allow the spirit of comfort to comfort you. Allow the spirit, the Holy Spirit to encourage you. Now it's always going to be based on God's word. Not some people interpret the spirit saying different things that aren't in God's word and, and think this is the Holy Spirit guiding me. Oftentimes, it's a person's emotions and what they want to be true. Sometimes, what is the real motivation? Sometimes, it's selfishness. Sometimes, today, in today's climate, it's out of fear um, or wishful thinking that people just want this gone. I heard a a person prophesy that this thing would immediately stop uh, at a certain date. I'm not even going to give credence to it. But uh, if it happens, then I'll let you know, wow, that guy was a prophet. But people who who want to think that these things are true, and some of you are going, oh, I believe that's to be true. How dare you question it? Well, you know what? It's not in God's word, because if it's not in God's word, it's like until it happens, you, you <laughs> I, I think there's a rightful skepticism to go, you know, any setting of dates is very suspect to me. Um, of course, the biggest date that we're suspect of is someone t- says Christ is coming at a certain date. It's like Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. That That's not going to be something that's known by us. But I want to close everything right now with just giving an opportunity. Maybe your heart's not right with the Lord. You know, I'm really, uh, a number of us have been praying for revival in our country Sometimes God uses calamity and crisis to bring revival. And so, so what is revival? Well, it's God's people repenting of their sins and, and, and coming back to Jesus and walking closely with him. So, yes, Christian, you know, turn your life uh, renewed uh, back under the Lord's control and, and following him as our shepherd and savior. But... For if you're not sure you're a believer and you're going, what do you mean by that? Well, you have to believe some truth that God shared about 
um, Jesus. And here's what it is, is that Jesus um, died on the, he lived a perfect life and died on the cross to pay for our sins. An innocent death as a, as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the earth. And then um, Jesus rose from the dead the third day. So he rose victorious over the grave physically. Not just a spirit, but physically rose from the grave. And it says this is the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death. And then our part is to repent of our sins. Say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. And I put my trust and belief in you, Jesus. Save me, Lord Jesus. So if you pray a prayer like that, believing in Jesus and, and putting your trust in him, he promises that he will save us. Uh, just very simple verse in, in Acts chapter 16. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Salvation is very easy, but it, it's an act of our, our mind and our will to put our trust in Jesus Christ. So... Um, Let's pray. Dear Lord, you know our hearts. You see where we're at right now. You know the sins of, of fear the sin, and other sins that we have dwelt upon and allowed into our lives and in our minds. And Lord, forgive us of that. You know our sins of selfishness and pride, Lord, and, and our sins of, of gossip and, and lust. Lord, you know our hearts. Um, you know our sin of greed and, and, and Lord, self-seeking. We, we repent of this, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive our country of the many atrocities that we have committed. Lord, revive us, please. Turn our country to you. And Lord, if there's anyone who hasn't received Christ, did I ask that, that they would do so now. That they would believe, Lord, in you. By praying this prayer, Lord Jesus, I tr put my trust in you. I believe you died and rose from the dead. I believe this. And Lord, please come and save me. Lord, thank you that you hear all of our prayers when they're prayed uh, by your children and by an unbeliever who is repenting and coming to know you. Lord, we thank you for that. Give us peace, Lord. Help us to live in peace. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I've got uh, one announcement that I want to uh, just share at the, um, here. Um, uh, Trisha Edwards wanted me to just announce that the women's retreat is planned for May 1st and 2nd at a large house in Bear Lake, Utah. This will be a time of great fellowship, worship, and hearing from God's Word. The cost is $70 and meals are provided. Carpooling will also be available we would love for you to join us. Space is limited, so please get in touch with Tricia Edwards, Tanya McNeil, or Laura Morinsic to pay and reserve your spot. We understand that if things don't get better with this virus, we will reschedule. Please check with Facebook, Women's Monthly, the Women's Monthly Newsletter, or the church website for updates, and also our phone numbers if needed. So that's from Tricia Edwards and the ladies who have been planning to, to put this together. And there will be some flexibility if the coronavirus uh, is still ongoing at um, that time. So thank you all for joining us. The Lord bless you. Keeping God's word and memorizing the scriptures. And thank you. We love you all. And keep in touch with at least three people in the church as well as one person in the community. Thank you. God bless you.